Yeah, there are builders in New York City that are building five to eight story uh, modular homes and hotels and they're, uh, they're killing it. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Dana Nielsen of Southeastern Development Company, LLC, doing business as Systems Built Custom Homes, Building System Homes. Dana is the founder of this company. Hey, Dana, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you. Friend of George Ferens is a friend of the show. Check out George's episode if you haven't heard that, folks. But help me understand what a Systems Built Custom Home is, Dana. Well, it's, it's really a, a, a standard home. It's just built in a factory, and some portions of it are stick-built in the factory. Some are modular or panelized. It's really like a hybrid approach at looking at how to build a smarter home today. So it's a smart-built home, really, is what it comes down to. Yeah, the factory has great efficiency in how they do things, and it's really an assembly line. I mean, you everyone pictures an assembly line like an automobile where it's just constantly moving. These uh, modular boxes and homes, if you will, they move through the factory, but they're not, you know, they just get moved from one station to the next every few days and, um, and get completed. So they're built inside, which is one of the major benefits of, of building any home. If you could put a tent over your home, you know, before it was built, it would be a better build for you for the materials and the, the water that, that get you've seen that goes through a home, especially if it's snowing and freezing. So we get rid of that and they use 100% of the waste material gets recycled. So that that's a little bit of a benefit as well. And, and so you're located on the south coast of Massachusetts in Marion. So most of your business is in the elements of the Northeast. So why would you want to build and be exposed to the elements in January, February in New England, right? If you could avoid that. Yeah, no question. And, you know, there are building codes that kind of talk about what portions of work can be completed by a certain time because you have to have the outside of the building if you're conventionally stick building it weather tight before an electrician can start uh, or a plumber and so forth with our homes, since they're built inside, you know, these, these steps are being, are done uh, at the same time. So that there's a, an average home that might be say 2,500 square feet, literally will go through the factory in two weeks, ready to ship. Wow. Wow. So that's through processes and recipes that starts at one point the framers come in, they do their thing, shift it down. The trades plot. Do you don't do you do plumbing and electric right there on site too? Yes, there are licensed uh, plumbers and electricians that are there doing rough plumbing that's within the wall system of the house. Yeah. Same with the electrical. You know, the light switches, the outlets uh, are all installed. And then once the house is shipped and we put it together on the foundation, there'll be those connections between floors and between different modules that my local uh, licensed guys will complete and then uh, test and get ready for inspections. 
So they do all of the rough, they get it ready, they ship it, and then folks on the ground, local licensed professionals, then certify, snap it together, and you have a home. Yeah, I mean it's a lot more complicated than yeah, that, but that's the then. basis. That's the basis of of how how a lot of that works. Let's let's do that then. So somebody comes to you and they say, "Hey, I have a, a buildable acre in a really cool neighborhood. I don't really want to bring in a construction company with subs and build it on site. I heard about these system built homes, these smart built homes. Uh, what was the other term you had said? Panel." Now. Well, panelized is kind of just a, a way to build, say, the garage because, yeah. you know, you're not going to ship it insulated, et cetera. Got it. So they come to you and they say, Dana, help me with this. I want I want to I want to buy a home from you. I've heard, you know, wonderful things. And um, let, let's go. What do we do first? So I like to spend a little bit of time with each customer up front, getting a, a lay of the land on how they expect to live in their home. Um, what ac aspects of it are important to them. Some people are gourmet cooks and want a big kitchen and do a lot of entertaining. So we'll, we'll focus a lot on that, on the design. Maybe it's a, a, a young family of five and they have uh, lots of kids running around. They want to have a drop-off zone so that when they're, they come home from school, they have a place to get out of their stuff and drop off their backpacks, et cetera, without bringing everything into on the kitchen counter, which his mom doesn't want. Um, or they're, um, you know, they, they're, they're outdoorsy people. So they want to be able to have a lot of outdoor space that we can incorporate with the design. It doesn't really matter what the issues are or that what the hot buttons are. It's just, I want to know how these people expect to live in their home so that I can then incorporate a lot of what they're looking for in the design. Because then you're there to help them design. This is not a one size fits all model, right? These are no, no, homes. no, no. A lot of people will look at my website and they'll say, hey, we love the plans that you're offering. And I have to tell them, I'm not really offering those plans. Those are just homes that I've pre-designed, previously designed rather, and built for other customers. So you need to have the same experience. These are just there to kind of trigger some uh, things that you may not be thinking of. A lot of people come to me and say, well, we have this three ring binder that we've been working on this. We've been, my wife and I have been thinking about this for the last year. So we love the breakfast nook and this design that we found online. And we love the, uh, the first floor master and another plan that we saw in a magazine when we were on vacation. And then there's a house in my neighborhood. I, here's a picture of their front porch. We love this porch. So we want to kind of incorporate all of those aspects into our house and we haven't been able to find a plan that does it because there isn't a plan that does it it's it's customized it needs to needs to be developed right from scratch that's interesting and then that happens off-site so the consumer your your client is working with you side by side but it's happening somewhere in another location so they're not going yeah, to get so to check on it necessarily and walk through and see the rough framing of it and that experience well, actually they can. So cool. once we've done all the design work together and we have a price on the project and everything is going to start moving forward, when the house goes into production, they can go visit their home under construction at, at the factory. Oh, cool. We get a very limited time. They'll probably say, you know, you can go next Thursday morning yeah. because it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, a work environment. There's a lot of people, over a hundred people working in the factory. So it's, it's not as, 
it's not a safe place, but they will right. allow us that window. So I, many, many times I've brought customers to the plant where they can uh, see what's going on, you know, maybe halfway through the process. And the kids love it because you give them a little Sharpie and they get to write their name in the closet before they finish it so that they can say that it was always there. Wow, that is, that's fantastic. So let me ask you this, Dana, um, who, who's the typical customer who's coming and saying, I, I'd like to do it this way versus the traditional way? I have long thought about that. And I don't think there's any um, typical other than a lot of my customers are downsizing from big homes that they've lived in with a big family uh, and retiring. Um some are younger families that are just starting out and they're far and few between now because it's so, so expensive. Um, or uh, somebody that's doing a vacation home, I'd say because of my location throughout South uh, coast of New, of Massachusetts and the Cape and a little bit of Rhode Island uh, and a lot of vacation homes. So those people are not living in the area. Some are an hour away. Some are on the other part of the country or in different States. So it's kind of a, a really interesting mix. So you basically take the lead. You become the quarterback of the whole thing for these people. They come to you and you're their point of contact. Yeah, exactly. I think you do need one source that can handle working with the factory because they have a different process, uh, working straight with the, with the customer to get a good design going. And there are engineering firms that need to be brought into the to the mix. And for most projects, there's a fairly uh, lengthy permitting process, you know, that may involve a conservation commission in a town, board of health, zoning. Um, and we need to bring in those professionals that will help us uh, navigate those hurdles. Uh, sometimes they're easier than others, but it's really depending on the lot that somebody comes in with. And how is that? How are these folks finding the lots? How is the local zoning uh, boards and, and building inspectors? How does that work in your business space? So it is pretty much different in every single town. Got it. Um, there's consistency. You know, there's things that are similar, but you know, you have different board members, you have uh, different regulations in each town. Some follow state regulations like board of health for uh, through DEP, but every town can have their own additional uh, rules and regulations. So I've always uh, felt it was very important to work with the guys that work in that town. They may not have to be from that town, but they're in front of those boards every month on meetings. You know, they know the intricacies of what they are asking for. They know the board members, you know, on a first name basis. Um, and those people will then help us to get through some of those hurdles. So those are some of the professionals you're talking about, like exactly. uh, structural engineers, sites, surveyors, attorneys. So none of that changes, right? So whether you're building it on site or building it in a factory, you still have to go through the standard um, protocol of building a home, right? Correct. Well, the, the one uh, difference that modular brings is that the building inspector doesn't have to do a lot of review of the modular components and how they're going to be built because that's handled by a third party company that the manufacturer has to hire to review what they're doing for me and how they're going to build it that meets all of the codes for Massachusetts. 
and then they go to the state building inspector's office. It has a department that strictly reviews modular. And then a set of those plans get uh, sent over to me with all those stamps and engineering approvals. And those are what I include when I go to the local town. And if it's a, if it's a town that I've built in before, or many times before, the process really gets streamlined. They're not really worrying about that because they know that I'm going to bring all the documentation that needs to be submitted properly um, and so forth. And the company you work with, they provide this. It's, it's, you know, it's been tried, true, tested, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Cape Cod, where have you, and you bring that into the board. They've seen you before. They understand the products you're building and they're satisfied. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's each town might have little quirks, but most of the time they somebody wants to know who the crane operator is going to be, that they're insured, where their license is. And, you know, there's little things of, uh, of the state has an approval for the manufacturer that they're allowed to continue to build and sell homes in Massachusetts. And that gets updated every year. So there's one of those little letters that I have to, uh, you know, include in, in the documentation. Um so more of what would normally be a local town review is is state level review for the modular correct. home. Got yes, it. That's correct. Got it. And then when you go back to on site, it's the local plumber electrician pulling the permit to put it together on site in that town. Yes. So we all have to be licensed as licensed yeah. and insured. I only hire all my licensed and insured uh, subcontractors so that they have to pull a permit because they are taking something that was uh, built and uh, inspected in a factory, but now we're assembling it in a number of pieces, right. you know, maybe four pieces on site, and it still has to meet building code by having it tested and having a local uh, plumbing inspector tested, et cetera. And properly connected, right? Right, exactly. That's really interesting. So, so I'm sure, like every business, every customer is unique, right? So, every customer experience is a little bit different, but are there any that stick out in your mind that you want to share a story, you know, names can be left out for the, for the innocent or what have you, or, but anonymous, but any, any stories that stick out where this is, this is a really interesting concept for those people. Sure. So almost every job has a story. Right. And so, and, and that's what, I get intrigued by is meeting different people every time. All my customers are different. They're not all the same and they have different backgrounds and they, they have different jobs and so forth. And so I, I really love to, to meet new people and, and, and work with them up front. And a, a couple from Wareham approached me a number of years ago, Michelle and Jean, and they were looking to build a beautiful new home, their dream home on some, property in Wareham that had beautiful views of Buzzards Bay and up to the Elizabeth Islands. And they wanted to work with the property and have and have those views. And it was a really hilly property. It was very hilly. It was, it was like a ski slope. And they wanted a big home and we were going to cut the top of the hill out and flatten it down and build a garage that was attached to the side. And, and it, it we came up with a, a preliminary design and it, and it was just more than they really wanted. And they mm. didn't realize up front how, how expensive it was going to be and how much site development costs were associated yeah. with that. And I said, let's not, let's not fight 
what's going on on the uh, on the site. Let's work with it. Let's let's not constantly trying to be uh, uh, moving material around when we don't have to. So we came up with a, a modified plan where we had a drive under garage and we had uh, we weren't working and we slid the house down a little bit closer to the bottom of the slope. And they loved that. And we and then when we went out and priced it, it came in considerably less than the initial build. So that it actually it checked all the boxes for what the house was going to do for them and their budget. Because the site work was that much less. You worked with the earth that was there as opposed to removing and 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 securing with with walls and all that. Right. So we did a few more retaining walls. We, you know, we didn't fight it. I don't mean to keep saying that, but it was yeah, no, I hear you, work, work with what's there and come up with a design that kind of incorporates using the site without having to recreate the site to a flat lot because that's not what it was. Right. You know, so they were really excited and we got the, the job uh, started and the factory order in place. And then we got out on site, started clearing land and, and Gene came back and said, Oh, by the way, I'm leaving in two weeks. I'm going to be working in uh, Kabul off Afghanistan. Oh, wow. So I'm not going to be around when the house is set and when you're finishing the house. So my wife is going to be here all by herself and, and we want to make sure everything goes smoothly. And I said, well, Gene, I, I had no idea. So we set up some uh, video cameras on site oh, cool. so that he could watch the process while he was away for those uh, for that six month period of time. So then and, he goes home to a brand new home. Yeah. He came home at Christmas time for a break. And because we had just set the house a couple of weeks before that. And uh, then they got to, he got to walk through it, which was great. Um, and then we kept the cameras up because when he went back, he wanted to see the, keep an eye on the progress of how things worked. I love it. And I've actually it. ended up doing that for other people from out of state. Because I mean, a couple in California or wherever they, they, you know, they couldn't make it back or they wanted to keep an eye on things. That was easy way to do things. That's so cool. So let's let's uh, debunk some of the myths, right? I know that words really matter, and you know, some people think of modular homes as mobile homes, right? How do how do you have the conversations with folks who are interested, but you know, they come in with reservation because of things they've heard. Right. Uh, it, there's been a stigma. I'm not going to uh, shy away from it that people think a modular home might be something that's made out of plastic or mm -hmm. it's made out of cardboard or, you know, it's like a double wide trailer that you'd see at the trailer park. And, and that's all the farthest from the truth. And once people kind of touch and feel it, and I, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have a great stable of past customers who allow me to bring future customers to their homes and, and mm -hmm. review and get the tour of them so they can really see how well they are built and all of the cool features that are in those homes that I've done. So um, I, sure I found that, that was a great tool to be able to help people with visualizing that. I'm sure people, you know, are appreciative and proud of their home too. Come on, Dana. Yeah, this is great. Check it out. Look at this amazing home that we built. Right. Yeah. Most of the time, I, I don't even say a word. I walk in the door, say, hi, thanks for letting us do this tour. And then I just sit down and the, the customer, you know, goes on and on and on about how great an experience it was. And it's really oh, humbling. It makes you feel really good. That is that is great because it is an experience. Right. So 
oftentimes, you know, building a home can be really painful, really stressful, something that people would avoid simply to avoid that. So help us understand, you know, how it's different working with you. Well, I, 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 I want to be in control of the entire project. I want to make sure that I have the pulse of what's going on. And I want to make sure my customer is very comfortable with all of the steps right through, right from the very beginning to the end. And with modular, it's a process that can happen very quickly, but I never recommend that we jump in and, and start running right away. We want right. to start walking slowly, work through the design. You know, when I, when I'm doing the design work, it takes un, unlimited revisions. So however long it takes someone to kind of see what I'm drawing and we'll send it back and forth in a PDF and look for comments. Okay, oh yeah, we like that. Maybe can we move the half bath to another part of the house or maybe let's make it an eight foot slider off to the deck versus a, a six footer, whatever the issues, a lot of stuff with the kitchen design, um, lighting placement and so forth. So I want them to get to where they're comfortable. So we'll go through each step very, very slowly. Then we'll sit down and work with what the modular manufacturer offers for materials and systems. And for those items that they cannot or do not include, I'll, I'll review those with customers so that we can then make those choices. So at the end of the day, they're getting a full set of design drawings and specifications on exactly what's going in their house. So then when, when we pull the trigger, the manufacturer's just gonna build that house in two weeks and they'll deliver it and, uh, and and we'll finish it. So you have to have site and foundation put in by then. Exactly. So there's a certain lead time for materials and getting those stamped plans back from the module manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So delivery time is probably about 12 weeks from the time that an order is placed. So that gives us time to get in and do the land clearing, get the foundation in and so forth. Got it. And then uh, wait for the house to arrive. So is this for single families only or can you do multi? No, we uh, have done a number of multifamily homes, whether it's duplexes, uh, townhouses, apartment buildings, you know, anything that uh, that we can come up with is a design that will go through the factory they are willing to take on. Huh, that's really interesting. I wouldn't have thought to build a multifamily home this way, but you know, again, it's, it's that status quo that you get caught up in because it's always been done like this. Right. right. And we're not right. thinking, is this the most efficient way to do it though? Yeah. There are builders in New York city that are building five to eight story uh, modular homes and hotels and they're uh, they're killing it because they're the, the boxes are built off site. They bring them in and the, they put it together in a relatively short period of time. How does it work with efficiencies and energy and such? Well, a modular home is is unique compared to a stick-built home because it's built from the inside out Got inside it. the factory. The walls are framed and the floors are framed exactly the same way. They're all stick-built, just like they would be on site. They're just inside. Uh, and then they're put together. And for example, the sheetrock will go on the walls first. Now it's glued and screwed on. And then the a crew will come by and do plumbing and electrical work in that wall cavity on the other side. 
then they'll have the insulation will be installed and then they will do the uh, exterior plywood sheathing and that's how they'll create that wall cavity so and when they're doing the plumbing and electrical work they'll do some air sealing with foam around the penetrations in that wall cavity and boxes so that um, there'll be mi minimal air infiltration in that wall cavity and that's a stick builder can't do that because they're putting the plywood on the outside first. So it's just, it's an advantage that we have that without even spending additional funds to go in a highly energy efficient uh, path, that the modulars are already doing that right from the very first one they started building. Based so we can simply, then- Based on simply the way they're being built. Correct, correct. Interesting. So, we have upgrade options that are available to us. We can add spray foam insulation in an exterior wall. My philosophy is to spend the money a little more wisely because it's rather expensive detail is to, because I have a very tight wall cavity and a module home is much tighter in its entirety is to then take that difference and spend it in upgraded mechanical equipment, higher efficiency, uh, furnaces and air conditioning units, and then put in a little more creature features. You know, that there's some money that can go towards a solid surface kitchen countertop or some hardwood flooring. Those, those are the kind of features that people love and uh, they don't want to spend all the money on just having it energy efficient. They want to have some nice creature features there as well. Because a house can be too tight too, right? It can be too tight to the elements. That's correct. And part of our uh, review process is that I have to hire a uh, energy consultant who is a HERS rater, H-E-R-S, Home Energy Rating Service. And they will help me in the design phase of coming up with an energy model of where this house will be when it's completed. So it's like a little bit of a dry run. We'll tell them these are the windows and their energy coefficient. This is the mechanical equipment we're going to be installing. This is the hot water heater we're going to be installing. Uh, this is the level of insulation and they'll do a model of that home and uh, help us with getting to the HERS score. And it's like a golf game. We, the lower the score, it's better. So the lower the HERS number, the more efficient the home is. And in Massachusetts, it's kind of uh, every few years, there is a reevaluation of the energy code. And when they do that, they drop the HERS number. It never goes up. So they're pressuring us to build, to build more and more energy efficient homes every year. Are they typically built on uh, a basement foundation, pilings, helical piles? Is it, can they be on all of the above? We can do just about everything and different types of foundation uh, setups other than a slab on grade. Got so it. a slab on grade is something where you might see it in California or down south where they have really high groundwater where it's just a slab. We have a floor system that's fully insulated and we're going to finish plumbing and electrical under it. So at minimum, we have to have a crawl space. Got it. Uh, a lot of my homes are built in the floodplain where we have them elevated up 10, 12, 13 feet out of the ground in a, with a concrete pier foundation. I'm sure folks who've driven around the coast will have seen these before. It's a very um, uh, common type of detail as well. Interesting. So let me ask you this, Dan. So somebody finds you maybe through this podcast or maybe from a real estate professional or from a friend or from a former customer and they meet with you and they go through the experience they build they walk in that home and they say you know what i'm going to sit down 
on the Google machine and I'm going to write Dana a five-star review, what does that sound like? What are they writing about the experience? Well, I've, I've also been very fortunate to have really wonderful customers and, and people can see some uh, uh, of the testimonials on my website, but oh, cool. I went back in and I read, reread a few of them that hadn't read in a number of years. And I, there's a, there's a lot of similar uh, phrases and, and so forth that are many of them bring up where that, that it was a very honest and fair process. Um, you know, I'm just going to throw out some of these little uh, words of the, everything was on schedule and on budget and there was financial transparency uh, and, and Dana brought practical and a timely problem solving to the table because things pop up mm. uh, and, and people explained the process that they had with me and talked about it being a collaborative design process where I'm working directly with them to help them uh, with the design and that we had a teamwork from uh, through from design through the modular manufacturer and all of our local subcontractors and, and the customer who's right there with us. Um, yeah. Some of the other things is that they, I, I kept reading the word professional in there. Uh, a lot of customization points were made and that, that I uh, was consistently patient and listened to what they had to say so that uh, they were very happy that uh, everything got included that, that they wanted. I, I like the financial transparency part. I think that's something that's missing a lot um, and it makes people very suspect. So that's, that's pretty cool. Can you expand on that? Well, so, you know, pre-COVID, when I provide a, a proposal to someone, it has a lot of detail to it, a lot of financial breakdowns and by the different trade sections. And it really becomes a fixed price. Um, it's nothing that is going to escalate because I didn't think of something. It only changes when a customer raises their hand and say, oh, by the way, can we build a deck now on the back of the house? Uh you know, so uh, there are no disagreements about, well, why is there an extra charge here? It's all customer driven and I'm only uh, responding to what they're looking for. So it's, right. it's very comfortable and there's, there's no arguments about cost. Got it. And so as you've heard uh, George's uh, episode or, or maybe you've heard a couple other episodes, I always ask about the comfort zone, right? So you're here on the podcast, I'm hoping people are listening and, and hearing about you and, and getting interested in, in your systems designed custom homes. But with expanding that comfort zone comes karaoke. So Dana, you're next up on the mic. What are you singing? Uh, it's a Rolling Stone song. It's Sympathy for the Devil. Oh, cool. I like yes. it. I like it. Yes. All right. How do they get in touch with you? Like, what is the best mode? Is it is it phone? Is it email? Is it website? And And give it to them. So they can reach me uh, anytime at 508-728-5707. It's a cell phone. And they can email me at Dana.SDC, like Sam David Charlie, at Comcast.net, or my website, which is www.southeasterndevelopment.net. I love it. So folks, again, if you don't have that and you didn't get it written down quickly enough, uh, it'll be in the show notes. So, you know, Thomas will put it in the show notes. You can open up whatever, wherever you're listening to it. If you open up the notes, you can link right through and, and give him a call directly, which is great because he's 
he's uh, the Sherpa for success. He's full of knowledge. And this is, this is smart. This is smart building folks. Like, you know, why would you be open to the elements in New England when you can do this a much smarter way? Well, I, I learned a bunch, Dana, and I appreciate you joining and, and sharing your story, your knowledge, your wisdom. And I, and I, again, I hope somebody uh, who hears this passes it along to a friend and, and that friend connects with you. Thanks again, Dana. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Folks, this has been another enjoyable learning episode of Elements of Styles. If you found something of value and you think about somebody, please think about sharing it with them. Be well, everyone. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Securitidal. Securitidal helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Securitidal, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.